Welcome to another episode. I am D, and this is the Sussex set. You know what it is says. So I want to do another. Um, well, actually, instead of doing another uh, charity spotlight, I want to update on a charity that I've already spotlit, and that charity is the Mayhew. Now you may have heard the Duchess of Sussex has asked people to support the Mayhew Animal Home. Uh, which is one of her patronages. She's told a very sweet story about her adoption story and adopting a pet and how that has brought so much joy to her life. Well, uh, Megan has two rescue dogs. Well, had two rescue rescue. Well, she actually has two now, but not the same two that she had when she met Harry. But uh, first was uh, a, a beagle named Guy. <laughs> I was about to say a guy named Beagle, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to all the Beagles out there. Um, a Beagle named Guy and a Labrador Shepherd named Bogart, who unfortunately had to stay in Toronto because he was just too old to travel. And well, um, you know, she's just looking out. But Megan wrote a beautiful foreword for the uh, Mayhew's annual review, the 2018 annual review, which just was released. And it reads as follows. As a proud rescue dog owner, I know from personal experience the joy that adopting an animal into your home can bring. The role that we as people play in rehoming and rescuing these animals is vital, but the role of organizations such as Mayhew is unparalleled. What initially struck me about Mayhew specifically is their community-based approach not simply on rehoming animals, but in the preventative care that inhibits these cats and dogs from ending up in shelters in the first place. From Mayhew's global education programs to their community work on a micro level with the elderly, homeless, and vulnerable communities, they actively seek solutions that allow people to stay with their animals and have the support they need to do so. The choice to adopt a pet is a big decision that comes with much responsibility, but infinite return on investment. Come on, return on investment. Y'all know she read The Economist, right? We love a duchess with a diverse vocabulary. Continuing, it will undoubtedly change your life. As patron of Mayhew, I encourage you to get involved in whatever way you can, either through pet adoption, volunteering, donation, or spreading the word. We are all interconnected, and through these animals, we find an even greater link to community and the part we can play. I am proud to support Mayhew and to work alongside them as they continue to improve the lives of animals and people to create more supportive and compassionate communities, both in London and internationally. Now, you may remember Megan visiting uh, the Mayhew earlier this year in January. She and she and Archie in utero. And uh, when meeting some of the dogs, Megan spoke about her own experience of adopting. Guy, again, was the beagle, um, was days away from being euthanized when she rescued him in 2015. And I just realized something. Um, are rescue dogs called rescue dogs because people rescue them from being, you know, euthanized? Because dang, that's that's kind of dark. <laughs> um, 
but you know it gives you it gives you motivation if you are a dog person it gives you reason to go out and be a person who um adopts a dog because i yeah that's 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 kind of wow okay yeah so i don't know y'all y'all let me know because i really don't know but um she definitely rescued guy i'll put it that way but um then she rescued bogart who is from la (laughs) you know what i mean um labrador shepherd mix currently living i believe in toronto with one of megan's good friends but um the point is bogart is still here bogart's still alive so um you know what i already knew it was going to be some shit too back way back then when megan didn't um take bogart to london because you know becky's were out here giving her shit because you know she didn't take the dog to london even though she was literally looking out for the dog by not forcing the dog to travel but anyway um harry and megan also adopted a labrador and the press still doesn't know his name and i live for that so yeah she she still has two rescue dogs shout out to a to a duchess for being consistent um megan is a huge fan of the adopt don't shop movement that's the name of it adopt don't shop as in going to like pet stores because you know farms (laughs) just buy a dog that's oh not buy actually rescue a dog that's already here um i can get behind that in light of the fact that um yeah they kill the dogs it makes sense so uh it reportedly just took one visit to mayhew's headquarters for megan to decide that she wanted to move forward with the patronage and if you remember a segment that i did on the mayhew i found it very impressive that they do do a lot for the community, uh, like in community outreach, and they help communities get equipped with the knowledge that uh, prevents animals from ending up in a shelter in the first place. So um, they also help homeless citizens better care for their dogs too. So please check out The Mayhew at themayhew.org and see what all they do. If you're an animal lover in the UK, see about volunteering your time. I mean, it can't hurt. Um, I absolutely would jump at the chance. Not, I guess not necessarily at the Mayhew. I can actually do that here, but um, certainly at the Mayhew, you know, but uh, if you live there, consider it. And, you know, personally, I love dogs, cats, meh, but they help cats too. Cats, y'all can stay, but the Mayhew is 100% dad bitch, pun intended. <laughs> Yo. I'm on one today, y'all. So anyway, um, go to the website and then, you know, see how you can give a helping hand or perhaps a dollar or two or a pound or two, uh, a euro or two. And um, thanks to the Mayhew for continuing to educate us on the importance of treating our furry friends as a community members they are. And uh, yeah, you guys are truly angels among us. So thanks. Now, let me dig into my bad bitch files for the week. Um, She, yes, her, Megan, has been chosen to be guest editor for the all-important September issue of British Vogue. Yes. I don't know if y'all know. And honestly, I haven't known maybe except for maybe about a year (laughs) how important the September issue was. I, you know, I knew Vogue was a big fashion magazine, but I didn't realize September was like the issue of the year. I didn't know until Beyonce did it. But now 
Megan is doing her thing too. So that was a big story to come out of last week. Um, not only will the Duchess be curating the content that goes into the world renowned September issue of Vogue, she will also have a hand in creating some of that content too. So congratulations to her. Um, again, Beyonce did it for Vogue Vogue. No shade to British Vogue, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, Beyonce was the first black woman to do so. She might have been the first woman, but I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't really fact check. But um, I know it was a big deal when she did it because Anna Wintour basically gave her full control. Um, like, full editorial control and uh, she you know that was a big story because she chose a black photographer who was also very young but also the very first black photographer to ever do a cover of Vogue to shoot a cover of Vogue so um that was Tyler Mitchell so um in the in the magazine's 130 plus year history shame but okay finally that barrier has been broken um thanks Beyonce so yeah um Beyonce kind of, you know, set the blueprint, not saying that Megan will follow that. Of course, Megan has thoughts and ideas of her own, but, and they're completely different people. But, um, yeah, Megan is certainly probably, I'm assuming the first Royal to be given, uh, editorial control over, uh, Vogue, especially the September issue. So, um, you know, Vogue is not town and country, <laughs> no shade to town and country. But it's not that. She's not that. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, depending on how, you know, what what we get when it comes out, um, Megan won't be on the cover, but that is a choice she's made. And I'm sure she has her reasons for that. Um, she will be the guest editor, like I said, editorial control. And uh, yeah, I'm living big boss level. I mean, she's going to be in it uh photographs but her being her she has I'm sure a greater plan for the cover that is going to be probably heads and above heads and tails above what it could be with just a picture of her on there I'm sure it'll be, it'll mean something it'll do something it'll have us thinking in a different way about what she wants to have us thinking about um so yeah like it's some time away it's September but you know, it's actually maybe just a couple of months, but um, I'm curious to see what she does with it, truly, um, and who she chooses for photographer for the Frogmore photos. Um, like I said, like you know, everything this woman does is deliberate, <laughs> and I'm curious to see who she chooses for the guest essayists. Uh, Us Weekly, I believe they were the ones who um, broke the story. That's who I got it from. But uh, they reported that Megan will be writing an opinion piece of her own as well as um, bringing in selection of female change makers on board to write their own personal essays. I believe the photo shoot at Frogmore happened this week. At least that's what the article that I read said. So Mama might have already taken the pictures. I cannot wait to see them. Um, because, you know, these things have to be planned out. Megan is not careless. She's not sloppy like, you know, some of the other people have been, you know, but she doesn't take an attitude that things will take care of themselves or mess ups will be forgiven because we know in her case, nothing is forgiven. 
But um, even if they were, she just doesn't do sloppy. So especially not for Vogue. She's deliberate in everything she does. So um, I'm sure she envisions every detail, plans way ahead, relying on her intelligence and work ethic. Sis is 100% impressive in every regard. And, you know, she's got this. You know it. I know it. She knows it. And I think of it this way. Megan is really about to flex super duper hard here. Like, they think they hate Megan now. Just wait until September rolls around and we see the Vogue issue. And I think, honestly, I think this will probably catapult British Vogue to the next level. Maybe I'm being <laughs> a little bit presumptuous here, but, like, let's not forget the print industry is basically, like, dead. But guess who finna buy 10 copies of this magazine? Me. Millions of people definitely buy a copy. Um, by the way, you can probably buy it on Amazon. I bought the, the Beyonce one on Amazon. But, um... It might actually even outsell the Beyonce Vogue, which sold quite a lot, if I remember correctly. But uh, whether Megan's on the cover or not, the fact that her name will be all over the cover and they know it's going to be the Megan issue plus it's a September issue is going to be huge. And my guess is that despite her not being on the cover, she'll choose who will be on the cover. And I'm guessing it will be one of her guest essayists, one who would never make the cover otherwise, a woman who will certainly deserve the cover, because how many women in this world deserve to be on the cover magazine and they never, you know, they never get there. The world never sees them as worthy enough. So I just really look forward to seeing who is on the cover. But um, if Megan doesn't have full say, she'll certainly have a weighty input. So um, I can't wait to see who that's going to be. And what I love about her not being on the cover, at first I was kind of like, you know, oh, but then I thought, huh, that actually fits her brand. Like that fits her narrative. The, the, not just the narrative around her, but the one she's creating for herself. Um, it certainly fits. Like Megan has nothing left to prove to anyone. Not an editor, not a supporter, not a critic, you know? And I've said it before. And I'll say it again, sis won. She really did. And I'm sure the editor was probably a little bit bummed because, <laughs> you know, Megan's face sells whatever that face is on. She's going to sell it. But um, also profit, that's kind of how they drive who they want on the cover. But I th again, I think they're going to make the profit anyway. Megan being who she is, is the larger message and... You better believe that message will get talked about in its entirety. That message being my position, my privilege, and what I do with it is bigger than me. And so I'm here for all of that. And you know bitches want to see what little bit of Frogmore Cottage they can see. I'm not above. <laughs> I'm not above saying that. I'm one of the bitches that I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just girl, let let us see how, uh, just a little peek of how you live in. Because we know you live in nice, you know. But either way, I look forward to seeing any any photos that she, you know, chooses to share while she's on maternity leave. Because she ain't got to do nothing. And yet, she's giving us another layer 
through which we can see the world from her perspective, you know? And speaking of perspectives, she brings new perspectives that we're all curious about. Like much like Beyonce, she's coming from a place as a woman who has just given birth. Uh, she too is a new mother and she brings a perspective of a royal woman who's also a very vocal feminist. She brings a perspective of an elite woman of color at that in a rigid institution. Now, I don't think she'll be really talking about any of that, but that's still a perspective we can look at her words through um, because she's writing as a person who two years ago she was not. She's still her, but she wasn't in the position that she's in. She brings the perspective of being simultaneously one of the most adored women in the world and perhaps one of the most resented. Well, I won't say that. It's just that the people who resent her are very fucking loud. Again, I don't think she'll reference any of this, but it's still something that I I don't think she can ignore. She doesn't have to acknowledge it, but I just think it's hard to ignore because the noise is so loud. By the way, I will come back to that. The issue is going to have a theme of women's empowerment. So I think she'll remind the girls that her man is a feminist who supports her. Uh, Probably like no man in the royal family has ever supported his wife. Again, I don't know specifically or, or, you know, definitely. But based on what I have seen, Harry's probably a first in that regard. He supports women. He believes in the power of women. And together, Harry and Meghan are a team. They make one another great beyond measure. And which, by the way, that's one of the qualities that make them such a great couple. Not to say that either of them aren't great on their own, but they are a perfect example of the whole being greater than the parts. No matter how great the parts are, they're just in my opinion, better together. And if you look back over their engagement interview, that was a clear theme. It is, we are a team, we are a partnership. And Harry's eyes lit up when he like talks about those themes. So um, we've seen that in action over the last year. Even the pre-wedding glimpses of their relationship, the ones that they choose to show us, like when they went to Botswana and they were helping the little elephant, um, they were acting as a team. (laughs) You know what I mean? They didn't have to give us that jewel, but they did. And it just shows what they have already been. They guide one another in the dark and they fight for one another in the light. And they use their voices to draw attention and adoration away from themselves and onto those they seek to help. (laughs) I stand. And what I love about them is that they operate this way all throughout their adulthood before they even knew each other that's who they were you know what I mean the respect in their relationship goes both ways boo both ways so expect Megan to demonstrate that in so many words the report is that Megan actually won't talk about Archie or family life or home life Um, and anyone who knows anything about Megan knows that she's a great mother like she doesn't have to talk about it. We already, <laughs> we kind of already know, um, at least think we know anyway, based on what we know about her. 
So there's very little that she can talk about that we haven't already assumed. Um, Sorry if that sounds kind of pompous because I don't know her personally. But uh, as her friend put it, if there is one person who does not need advice on how to be a good mother, it is Megan. So along those same lines, like she doesn't have to tell us what her life as a mother has been. We know she's got it. So um, why waste words talking about yourself, you know? And uh, what a, you know, an incredibly selfless move on her part to use those words uh, in that coveted space to uh, shine a light on other people. That's, (laughs) that's big dick energy. Um, And clearly she's working and getting stuff done, whether she talks about it or not. So um, look at Harry, you know, he hasn't stopped working, which is to be admired because it's not like it's not like Megan and Harry are like new parents and they're basically out here roughing it on their own. They got all the perks. I I know I've said this before, but they got literally all the perks, you know? So him working is only showing his son how to be a good person and be a good example and, and, and to be someone that is a, a humanist as opposed to someone who can just like, sit back you know sit on their hands and do nothing so um I I I really just just continue to be blown away by Harry and and the work that he's doing um thankfully she has a space and opportunity to take maternity leave she's one of the women in the world who actually get to do that and I'm not sure if you remember but Megan said reportedly anyway that she won't be taking the full six months that may change given the fact that sometimes you don't know what you will need until you're in that space as, as a mother. So she might decide that she does want to take the six months, but um, she said that she would take three, or at least that's what I read somewhere. Um, And I venture to guess that even three months, she's going to be working where she can. Um, And here's the beauty in that. Megan has previously stepped foot into a world where women don't have access to education They don't have access to sanitary products or even clean drinking water. So certainly the same women wouldn't have access to even a one month paternity leave after having a baby, let alone three or six. So not saying that by working, she somehow feels she hasn't earned it. But what I am saying is that perhaps she is honoring those women that she's previously, um, helped or stood shoulder to shoulder with who can't sit at home like she can and therefore she's doing all she can while she's at home working so um to me that signal says I may be here and you may be there but we stand in solidarity as women and as mothers I see you and I hear you (laughs) you know what I mean I'd venture to guess that Megan is even doing quite a bit of work behind the scenes we see that I think we'll see it at a future date like we've seen in the past the, the work that she's done, like the Canthet video where they had that benefit in New York and there was a video message from Megan, even though she was big and pregnant or she might have even had the baby already. I don't know, but she was working, <laughs> you know, even though her maternity leave had started. Um, Megan is always going to be working. We know that she has hired a nanny, which is awesome um, because it's it's going to be, you know, she's going to be needed eventually, but... <clears throat> We also know that Archie is well-fed, according to Harry. So um, 
I'm good with all of that. I mean, my opinion doesn't matter anyway, but that's according to Prince Harry. Okay. So don't, don't, don't beat me up for saying that. But, um, yeah, that's all we need to know. Both of these parents seem to be happy living their best life with their new child. You know, if they like it, I love it. And anyway, Megan doesn't strike me as a person who can sit at home for six months without working or doing like absolutely nothing. We know some Dutchess just can and that's fine. That's no problem. But Megan has been a hard worker all of her life. Sis has a double major degree, speaks three languages, has supported herself for her entire adulthood and has still found time for philanthropy and brand building a one trick pony. She is not. So this British Vogue will be for the record books. Mark my words. I'm probably going to buy like 10 copies. <laughs> like I said, you know, I'm just going to give them to people. Um, like I did that Beyonce joint and big moves, Megan. I can't wait to be blown away. But of course, the British Vogue news does not come without its haters. So unbalanced Becky, E chief news correspondent said, this is a really big deal. And reason being that we've seen Diana doing magazine covers. We've seen Kate with the British Vogue anniversary as well. But being the editor and having editorial control is a very, very interesting choice. We talk about the royals not being political a lot. By the way, she's British. Um, not having strong viewpoint in either way. So they're not alienating anybody. This could be seen as quite dangerous. Members of the royal family traditionally keep a distance from politically charged issues to maintain a certain level of neutrality. She has to be careful not to use her position to influence people on things that are going to be alienating. This is also, by the way, the bitch who in the same segment referred to a website that catalogs Megan's supposed grammar mistakes on the Instagram Sussex Royals posts. First of all, Trick, take a moment to shut the whole entire fuck up. You do not disguise your jealousy well at all. Like, have you hoes reached such a level of desperation that you are reaching for grammar mistakes as a way of criticizing Megan? You hoes have ripped out your magnifying glasses and are grasping at any and every straw you can just so you can have something to criticize. You sound very bitter using your airtime to bring up something so stupid as grammar mistakes. And then to have the nerve to act as if Megan in her British Vogue essay intends to blow up the royal family. It's dangerous. Women's empowerment is dangerous. It's alienating. Yes, only to dumb bitches like you. By the way, speaking of being political, I recall Bill and Kate plus Andrew just got done talking to folks about Brexit. But it's never a problem when the white ones do the very thing that you criticize Megan for, is it? And what gets me is that Megan is the wife of the sixth in line. She's not even in line. She's the wife of the sixth in line. Y'all are so mad that the world is paying her so much attention 
that the world loves her so much, that her husband loves her so fucking much that you set up everything she does as some kind of trap for her. Dear melanin-free Becky with your homely, big-eyed, confused face looking ass, please leave Megan's name up out your fucking mouth and worry about your gum line. We know Megan occupies a certain level of society and we know that you resent her for it, but making yourself look like the ass you are on national television doesn't do anything to change Megan's power or influence. Take care now. Bye-bye. And that leads perfectly into my next point. Why is she picked on so much? Why do people so eagerly throw stones at Megan? To me, there are two schools of thought here. One, don't speak on it at all. Or speak on it. It's either or. You know, one school of thought says speaking on the hate is quote unquote being negative. Therefore, one should rise above it. And the other school of thought is that If one does not push back on the hate, then it'll continue unchecked. And that could be dangerous. Personally, and I'm not sure if you can tell, I'm of the second school of thought. Because I'm always about it, you know. So, for example, the clip that went around this week about Harry supposedly scolding Megan or telling Megan off. Like, what a crock of shit that was, right? First of all. Harry worships the ground Megan walks on. If that's not evident for you, then you must be blind or deaf or both because you don't have to, you don't have to see the way that he treats her. You can just listen to how he talks about her. You know, Megan is 100% his dream girl. He's hell. He is not even my opinion. That man said it himself. And the second reason why that whole narrative was a crock of shit Megan is Harry's match. He sees her as his equal. And I have a hard time seeing Harry telling off or disciplining, quote unquote, his wife in private, let alone in public. And not to mention the most public of moments on her first day on an engagement after giving birth to his son. Girl, bye. Like, really? Like, how dumb could you be? But see, these people are not dumb. What they are doing is intentional. And that's why it needs to be checked. Some of these hoes are out of their minds. Like, they're they're really crazy, man. I mean, like, I don't really talk about this a lot, but I get all kinds of crazy little voice memos in my DMs on Instagram. I get all kind of crazy emails from these fucking people. These people are fucking lunatics. Like, I know there's Megan hate, and I know there are haters, whether it be rooted in jealousy or trying to drive a profit like some of these magazines and and news rags and stuff. Neither of those are, are okay. But then to have a legitimate publication pick up a tweet from an account that is built on Megan hate, they shall remain nameless. But that's a little bit angering. Because the the publication that ran the story is legitimate. But nothing about what they posted was, you know, it wasn't rooted in truth. Um, I'm just not into it. And, you know, the Instagram account in question, um, it's basically like a septic tank on Instagram. 
and I'm not sure why Instagram actually keeps it up, but because uh, I've reported it numerous times. I've, I've had people report it uh, numerous times. All of my followers, I've asked them at least on five separate occasions to report it. That shit's still up uh, and growing. Um, and these are the same hoes who hangs out on Gary Janetti's page, waiting for him to post about Megan. Like, none of his other posts get in, like, like not very much engagement. And they all wait for him to say some shit about Megan again. You know what I'm saying? So they can feed each other. And so then to see all of these like American magazines and papers talk about it, talk about it as if it's the truth is like so maddening because it feeds the trolls and it gives rise to new ones in actuality. So um, a lot of times we give credit to people and assume that they're smarter than they are. We assume they're saner than they are. Um, we assume that they differentiate the truth from fiction before they disseminate and spread the lie. Nope. Many people just do not do that. They're not interested in doing that anymore. And <laughs> that's how Trump got elected. Now, there were some other factions, you know, playing in the game, too. But it was a lot of dumbass folks who believe the lies, you know, and they spread those. So <laughs> it's just it's just unnerving a little bit, you know, and I'm not pretending to know Harry and Meghan's marriage or assume they have a perfect fairy tale, you know, marriage or all of their interactions are like straight out of a fucking movie script. But, you know, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're they're human just like everybody else. But don't spread a lie. And that's why it's important to call this stuff out when you see it, because cumulatively it's dangerous that shit is dangerous megan doing british vogue and talking about women's empowerment is not dangerous this bullshit is dangerous lies lazy thought and ignorance are a very dangerous fucking combination so the video if you are one of the two people <laughs> of the sussex squad who have not heard about it it was a doctor video of Megan and Harry and the family on the balcony at Trooping the Color. The lie is that Harry supposedly told Megan to turn around and he told her off. But they cut to Megan just turning around. So the video that was posted in um, in style, it has no sound and is doctored to make it seem like she was being scolded. But in reality, she turned around because she heard the national anthem playing which is God save the queen. They're there for literally for the queen. Um, and everyone, everybody just basically like stood at attention while the national anthem played. Um, it wasn't just Megan, but of course the video is zooming in on Megan's face. Right. So he might have told her, or gave her a heads up that they were about to play it because that was only her second trooping the color. Whereas Harry has been doing this his whole fucking life. So he's just trying to, to me, in a way, it just seems like he's trying to protect her. He might have told her that they're about to play it, uh, even if they were in mid-conversation. Um, and again, perhaps she was unaware. But that's hardly scolding, you know? And because what would have happened had she had her back turned while the song was playing, you guessed it, Megan is disrespectful. Megan hates the queen. Megan doesn't respect England. And so, essentially, Megan cannot win. You know, and that's where it can be dangerous again, especially when publications pick it up and 
type lies and just run with them. Even if they're calling themselves debunking them, they're still giving exposure to the lie and the liars. You know, they're essentially giving an option to people who had no opinion one way or the other. So someone who just comes across the article, they don't know one way or the other. They're not really paying attention. They're going to go ahead and believe the shit that you just published. You gave them a choice. You know what I mean? You could have just ran with something completely different, something else, you know, fill your fucking pages with something else, fill your web page with something else, but you're choosing what gets the clicks, you know, it's, and it's accompanied by a very clickbaity headline at that. They're chasing the same fucking clicks that the sun and the daily mail and the mirror and all the other tabloids are chasing. You know, that's why I wonder, you know, even if the takeaway from the article is, yeah, we don't believe what they, what they said. You still write down in the gutter with the rest of them, even though you're trying to position yourself as above it. And maybe that's just the time that we live in. You know, the internet has pulled attention away from thousands of publications who are used to getting the attention, you know, and they're doing any and everything to get any little bit back if they can, you know. So if you're the kind of person that people obsess over, like Megan, like Diana, then it's all Megan all the time. And if you ask me, Megan actually had it worse than Diana because social media and the internet are involved and things like this video happens. But, you know, at the same time, the media is a big part of why Diana actually lost her life. So, you know, not necessarily to compare them in that way, but you see that it's it's rarely anything good involved with it, you know, and it's definitely something to watch out for. And you see why Harry is, is as vigilant as he is. Um and I, you know, I just think people want to like haters. It's like they, they want to break them up so badly and the happier they seem, the harder the haters actually go. You know, if Harry hugs a woman who is not Megan, see, I told y'all Harry wasn't happy. If Harry's picture was somebody and he's happy, you know, he has a neutral face. He's not smiling. See, I told y'all Harry ain't happy. He ain't smiled in months. He ain't smiled since they got married. You know, if Harry goes on a fucking engagement in another country or anywhere other than Frogmore Cottage, it's see, I told y'all it's trouble in Windsor, you know, like girl. What do you do with your days besides trying to read every expression on Harry's face? Like this man is not going to walk around smiling like a bumbling, crazed fool. He's handling business at home and abroad. I mean, he could be off somewhere, off in the country being entertained by somebody else's wife, but he loves his own too much. The man is just trying to live his life. So leave Harry the fuck alone. What else is popping off in the rubbish heap? Um, oh, the guy that threatened Harry is going away for four years. Speaking of dangerous, like true motherfucking danger. Uh, he's going away for four years and that's good. Good riddance, bitch. Um, and again, that's why these attitudes are so sinister and toxic. Um, this man literally threatened Harry's life. People have also threatened Megan's life and the life of her unborn child on social media. Um, people are really fucking crazy out here and they feed on the hatred of the next person. And sometimes terrible things grow in the dark. So that's why, again, you got to shine a light on it. You got to keep checking these holes. You got to keep telling them, bitch, you out of line. Let's correct the record. 
Like we all have to continue to call that out. Um, I didn't previously talk about Harry and Megan leaving heads together. Um, Megan probably took one look around and said, um, hell no, we about to get the fuck up out of here. Harry, my love, go ahead and grab all the shit you came with and let's hit it because we out this bitch. Like seriously, Megan brought a brand new perspective, an outsider's perspective, um, a professional's perspective. And <laughs> in hindsight, it just seems like poor Harry was just there. Like he didn't know. And I'm not trying to like diminish his, you know, intelligence or role or whatever, but um, he didn't know he was in the ghetto until certain things were pointed out to him. Not that Megan is trying to change things, but there are just certain things she won't accept for herself. You know, she came into the situation as an adult. Harry was still, in my opinion, subjected to a dynamic I've referenced earlier um, in, in previous episodes, I should say, where he's still the little brother, you know, and he's just following Will's lead. You know, it didn't take long for us to be reminded that working for the royal family is a job. And many of us thought that they were doing a decent job, both the staff and the royals themselves. It is only upon further inspection, though, that we see that some of those motherfuckers really hate their jobs. They hate their fucking jobs. Either that or they're simply not good at it. So between the leaks and the disorganization and the downright slothfulness and the lack of imagination, it was only a matter of time before the Sussexes dipped anyway. And even before Megan got there, Harry was still doing his own thing. You know, he was kind of going in his own direction before he even even met Megan, you know? Um, he established his own passion projects while it was just the three of them. So, you know, I don't guess Will and Kate actually did. And to me, that shows the difference in their mindset right there. Like Harry had Cinnabale, he had uh, the Invictus games. And to be honest, I'm not sure if Will or Kate had their own projects. So somebody please correct me if I'm misspeaking or not giving credit where it's due. But to me, it says a lot that I knew about Cinnabale and I knew about Invictus before he met Megan you know, and those were, again, his projects. So I don't know. It's easy to see why Megan and Harry get along and um, why they just click, you know. But um, just like we saw with Megan bringing the Together Cookbooks initiative to the forefront just a few months into her life as a royal, you know. So um, with that, that type of energy times two, it was just, it was just time for them to go, you know, um, they grew out of the group as simple as that. And I guess it's not a matter of who gets what credit, but in the case of Harry and Megan, specifically Megan, if you're not even defending me, you know, or my wife against a smear campaign, why the fuck would I share credit for my hard work with you on top of all of that. You know what I mean? So we saw it with the Shout Initiative. But again, Megan is still bringing money to the Royal Foundation with her own initiative. So I don't know. I think they should just be grateful for that. You know, her book saw a half a million dollar profit, half a million pound profit, excuse me, because a dollar truly ain't shit no more. But, um, <laughs> 
Anyway, um, I hope Harry and Meghan start their own foundation eventually. You know, I absolutely love how they are doing their own thing without the constraints of the royal family. Yeah, they kind of have a few constraints, but they don't have as many constraints as the Cambridges have. Um, and some people can't decide whether or not they want Harry and Meghan to even be royal. You know, if they exercise too much freedom, it's you're royal. You can't do that. And they do things within the confines of the royal family. It's, oh, well, they're not true royals. They're so Hollywood. So, like, bitches can't make up their mind. Like I said, in some people's minds, they're going to lose either way. So they may as well do what the fuck they want to do. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when Barack Obama was president. That man had such a hard time just trying to get basic shit for the American people, like health care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, in that light, he should have just gone ahead and did full-blown reparations for 42 million motherfucking black Americans while he had the chance. Because big is going to big it, you know, and they were going to hate him anyway. So to me, it's kind of like the same with Harry and Meghan. Just keep doing your fucking thing, you know. And speaking of doing his thing, Harry, um, I did want to talk about this, but that was at the Chatham House uh, giving a speech about mine clearance, conservation and economic development in Angola. Once again, continuing his mother's legacy. Um, I remember it being controversial way back when Princess Diana talked about minefields in Angola. She actually went to Angola. But um, being the bad bitch <laughs> that she was, she did it anyway. You know, this was post Charles and um, she appealed to those in power to do more to clear those minefields. And so Harry's definitely living in that legacy. This event is the culmination of a great effort by many people to progress the vital mission of demining Angola and putting it back on the map as a tourist destination. Angola has some of the world's most important remaining wilderness that is critical to biodiversity and an asset that should be protected celebrated and benefited by its people. The ambition of the partners gathered here to create a safer environment for communities and wildlife for the success of the country is to be applauded. I first visited Chatham House in June 2017 to take part in a scenario planning exercise. Some of you in the room today were here with me. That exercise showed me the importance of landmine clearance within a humanitarian emergency because, let's not forget, landmines are a humanitarian issue and not a political one. That exercise was especially interesting for me because I had the privilege in 2013 of visiting Angola with the Halo Trust. In Kwando Kabango, in the far southeast of what is a vast, beautiful country, I saw a struggling community in a deserted landscape, unable to make use of the land, yet the potential to turn this land into a sustainable source for its people. In fact, I was told just the other day of the positive transformation in Huambo since my mother walked that minefield all those years ago. What is less well known is the impact landmines can have on conservation and wildlife, and therefore the economy. We've heard how this is especially the case in the national parks and wilderness areas of southeast Angola, including the precious and again vital watershed of the Okavango Delta. This unique ecosystem is one of the great wildlife refuges of the world, enriching its biodiversity for all of humanity. My hope is that through this collaboration, minefields can be cleared, land can be protected, wildlife can be free to return to where they once roamed, and Angolans can reap the rewards 
by coexisting with the one constant that will draw people in from all over the world, the extraordinary setting that they call home. Angola is an important example of a country leading the way in clearing the remnants of war to secure a better future for its people and its environment. It has been a long journey, one full of heartache and frustration, I'm sure. But now with the optimism and encouragement from your government minister, I truly believe that Angola will become a shining example to the rest of the continent. The funding announced today will help protect human lives and is the first step in allowing local communities to protect wildlife through the kind of conservation-led development that has been so crucial elsewhere on the continent. Considerable progress has been made, but there is still a huge amount to do, which is why it encourages me to see so many of you here today as we shine a light on the work that's been done, but also how we can help moving forward. The fact that demining funding has been reduced by nearly 90% over the last decade is pretty shocking, and we hope that today will encourage those countries not to leave a job left half done. As long as landmines are in the ground in Angola, we aren't really giving them a chance. There is an end in sight, which has already been discussed, and that isn't always the case. So let's make the most of this opportunity. I hope you will all join me in thanking the government of Angola for this significant commitment to supporting its communities, its wildlife, and the biodiversity of this planet. Thank you. What strikes me about that speech and many of the speeches and causes that he champions is that he really does care. You know what I mean? And you can see it. You can feel it. He is truly going for it almost as a fuck you to those who tried to tear his mother down while she was doing the same thing. Um, I just truly think he cares for the causes and for the good that he can do. But I feel like he's saying that my mother will live through me whether you want her to or not. And there's not a damn thing to be done about it. I'm here for it, Harry. I'm here for it. That's all I have for today. Um, please make sure you give a bitch a five-star rating on iTunes. Actually, let me do a British accent. Please make sure... <laughs> please make sure to give your bitch a five-star rating on iTunes and subscribe to my YouTube channel, love. I'm not making fun, I promise you guys. Make sure you follow me on Instagram. Oh, hell no, that was horrible. Just follow me at Sussex Squad on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow my podcast on Instagram at Sussex Set. The other ones are just at Sussex Squad. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And keep shining your light. Peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me. Thank you.